Before we get started, whether this is your first episode of AMSA AdLib or your 40th, we need to know what you'd like to be hearing, and you could pick up one of our $100 Amazon gift cards along the way. Please take our brief survey. You can find a link to it at amsa.org slash adlibsurvey. One of the frustrations of medical school is the distance between the student experience and direct patient care. Welcome to AMSA AdLib. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Medical student involvement in care and care research doesn't have to be strictly clinical. There are many areas outside the clinical realm that affect the patient experience and offer an opportunity for medical students to become involved in meaningful care and research. In this episode, we'll learn about one such project. Med student Ramona Matal found herself working to gather information on a deeply personal practice at many hospitals the collection, preservation, and presentation of mementos from children at the end of life. She has been working to better understand how and why different medical centers manage this delicate but powerful task. Ramona, who is also a member of AMSA's Board of Trustees, spoke with AdLib's Pete Thompson about her research. I'm Ramona Mattal and I'm a rising third year medical student. I'm currently working on a project regarding end of life memento collection And basically what it is, is several children who come into the emergency room and the PQ, which is the pediatric intensive care unit, are often involved in very traumatic experiences and often this leads to their end of life and leads to the hospital dealing with end of life care and how to help the family deal with the transition of losing a loved one or a child. And so that's kind of where this project stemmed from. The PI I'm working with is incredibly passionate about it and when I heard about it I have a huge interest in critical care and so I really wanted to be a part of it and so I got with him and talked about it and the way that we define end-of-life mementos is it's a tangible memory that we can present to the family so that they can you know refer back to it and look back on it and realize the impact their child or loved one had on them and keep it as a recollection that, you know, this individual did make a difference in their life. Can you describe one of the actual objects? I saw two while I was actually rotating around the PQ and the NICU to evaluate this project. And the first one in the PQ at our hospital in Texas, we actually do a handprint. And basically how that is, is for those of you who have had braces, you'll understand this explanation. But It's kind of like a mold, similar to the mold they use for braces and retainers. And you press your hand into it very firmly and then release it and it just dries. And then they're able to present that to the family. And that's more of a PQ setting because it's an older age group. And so it's a little more personable. And they're also able to um, get the family in there and, you know, ask the family if they're okay with helping making an end-of-life memento collection for the um, child or the loved one, the sibling. And a lot of times they make cards. They actually do have like boxes where they put hair clippings and things like that as well. So it's definitely just something that is, you know, something belonging to the individual who passed away and something more personal versus you know, saying we're sorry that you had a death in the family. So 
This kind of gives the hospital a chance to reach out to the family afterwards and ensure that everything is going okay and the transition is going as smoothly as possible. In the NICU, they actually are presented with a memento box and what it is is it's a very elegant looking box it's laced and everything and when you open it there's a slot for a picture frame um, so you can put a picture in there and then there's you know little socks a little outfit a hat to put on the child um, if they pass away immediately after birth or within the short few weeks and months um, and then they also have you know the hair clippings the footprints the handprints but these are more just like you would go to a passport office or get your driver's license and you have to give a thumbprint kind of thing. I never got to actually see it presented, which I don't know how I would have reacted in that situation. But I know hearing stories about it from a lot of the child life specialists that we have on staff at our local hospital, it does seem to be making quite a huge impact on the family and their incredibly appreciative that we take the time out to do things like this in what way might you evaluate it like is it would you sort of survey them so a lot of the research we're doing is um we're aware that this end-of-life memento collection is a common practice but as far as we know there is no mandating requiring it so we don't know where it stems from in the hospital is it you know someone who wants to go out and actually reach a patient or is it someone who it was passed down to them from the previous staff so what our initial stage one part of our research project which we just completed is regarding is we sent surveys to every single pediatric icu director in the nation and the list came from the society of critical care and so they were able to provide us their listserv and send out the survey for us so we could reach those individuals and see, you know, what do you collect? Do you know if there's anything mandating you? How long have you been collecting these items for? And are you ever able to follow up with a family and see, do you still have this? Is this still making a difference in your life? And so we've gotten a lot of feedback based on that. And so basically, the end result was evaluating those surveys that we got and making the data usable to push it into our stage two, which is obviously more analysis of the data and maybe more surveying, but mainly to decide if this is something that we want to mandate and push for a mandate eventually in some X amount of time. Who's on your on your team? So it's me, mm-hmm. but I'm working with the pediatric ICU division chief and so we work really closely on this so basically I kind of took his project and ran with it he's mentoring me very well regarding this and he has a huge passion for this and I've fallen in love with this but as far as we know there's this research is not has not been done before so it's something new and it's something as the world gets more integrative and smaller with all the technology that we have we would hope that this is a trend that continues to spread and that people are more aware of how they're treating their patients and their family, especially in these critical and critical days at the end of life. Do you have a sense from the phase one, sort of what the scope we're talking about in terms of you know how commonly this is adopted? As far as unofficial adoption, I guess, without a mandate, I believe it's over 75% of the hospitals surveyed. So it's interesting because a lot of the chiefs that we sent them to, we have a question like, 
are you aware of how long this practice has been taking? And if so, how many years or months? And they have absolutely no idea. But then you ask them a follow-up question where like, was this established when you were here? And they say yes. And some of these chiefs have been here for 20, 30 years and you know, they're at retirement age. And so you wonder where this started. Who was the mastermind behind doing all of this? Is, is it usually done through like a child life department? I think if the hospital has a child life department, the child life specialists usually take care of it. Um, a lot of times a medical examiner can take care of it or really the hospital staff, like a bedside nurse or even a physician, you know, anyone is well qualified. I would say there's probably minimal training involved in terms of collecting the item and just ensuring that the family is okay with it. Are there any sort of preliminary big picture findings that you've seen from it or anything that surprised you? Actually, surprisingly, I tried to put myself in the situation not having any experience with it. It was really difficult, but just hearing about it, my initial thinking was, no way, I wouldn't want one. You know, it's already hard enough to cope with the loss, and I don't think that I would want something to always, you know, walk by and remind me of what happened. And so for me, I... I was very surprised when I saw the survey results and people were saying, you know, the families really, really like this. They're, some of them have had follow-up with other families who have received these products. And they say, you know, it's a constant reminder of the love and the energy of that child. And so that was very surprising to me to actually see that, you know, obviously my opinion was a very small m- minority when I thought that that would be a very significant part of this. Maybe within... A certain time you're ready exactly yeah. it was kind of interesting because i grew up in the city where i go to school and we have greeters at the front of our hospital and so i developed a very close relationship with them because i would go like volunteer at this hospital when i was in high school junior high high school college and so they kind of grew up developing a connection with me and they always knew that i wanted to go to medical school so it's it's definitely a small town feel and I was standing there talking to them about this project and the lady actually came up to me and she was like, you know, I had a twin sister who passed away when we were younger and they gave my mom a clipping of her hair and I still have it in my house. My mind was blown. Like She had said that it had been over 50 years since this had happened and this is still something that when her mother passed away, she passed it down to her. And so the value is real. People really are, this is the thing that people are using and this is something that is very relevant in our field, um, especially when it comes to the huge push towards, um, you know, a lot of how do we take care of patients in their last days? Do we send them home? Do we keep them? And ultimately, you know, having the responsibility as a healthcare professional to take care of these individuals and um, provide them with the best life care we can. AMSA Adlib was brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. Whether this is your first episode of AMSA Adlib or your 40th, we need to know what you'd like to be hearing, and you could pick up one of our $100 Amazon gift cards along the way please take our brief survey. You can find a link to it at amsa.org slash adlibsurvey. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening.